You're listening to BAU, Business as Unusual, the podcast that is shifting the way we think, interact and transact. We are... Morning, Joe. Oh, no, no, you can't start there. can't start there. We are Geelong, the greatest team of all. Hey, we... Oh, so nice to have you here, Joe. Oh, you lovely. made it back to Victoria. Victoria is singing the Geelong song. Yes, they are. They are. It's um, yeah. Look, it's it's. I nearly didn't come back. I have to be. I have to be honest. But there was enough of it up in Queensland. So, What's it? Yeah, there's it's, a it's lot. It's a strong club. Yeah, well, I guess, I mean, if you're from Geelong, why would you stay in Geelong? You'd probably want to leave. There's lots. That joke's running. Dysphoria. (laughs) There's lots of dysphoria along the the coastline. Yeah, it still uh, has that small town feel, but then a lot of people come back. As you can see, the stars coming back to the area. That's what happens. Here we go. go. People take in, they sift the goodness of the world around them, and they bring it back to Geelong, and that's why it's becoming the cultural capital of (laughs) Australia. (laughs) Pat is up and about. He is fired up, yeah. loving, loving life. Me, less so. so. Oh, it's hard not to. It's, yeah. They've worked so hard to get there. It's cool. They've defied all the odds. They've really put the middle finger up to ageism for them. Yeah. And I think they ask questions. I would like to see what comes out the other side. I think there's some serious mad sports science that was going on in Geelong. You reckon? Just by Through some of, Yeah, just by because they brought in two. They brought in a new team. Yep. This year, uh, and we had Chris Scott. He doesn't let much out, but he said something around we had expectations, but they blew it all away this year, and that was the change. And I think that was big around managing people who um, had a certain impact on their bodies already, and then how to get the best out of those bodies, which in the end allowed a lot of the young, the youth in the squad to get confidence and grow as well. So hmm. cool, sort of stories to come off the back sure. but you can tell i haven't got much work done this week i've just been watching <laughs> yeah pat is very versed <laughs> i think my eyes are just blue and white at in, the, the, in the nuance of um yeah. yeah kind of uh what what to feed joel selwood versus yeah. uh etc but anyway look congratulations i hate it but you know congrats, congrats. thank you yeah. and your your top is coming in the yes, mail today yeah, yeah that's it's a it's a shame it didn't arrive yeah, isn't it's it coming. <laughs> it's arriving yeah, um, yeah maybe they'll get lost on their way <laughs> i might have to sit out the front and wait for the uh, the dhl van and just um <laughs> take it take it take it out of your post <laughs> Like, I don't know what happened. Someone signed for it. Yeah. Oh, man. Be, no, I think it's going to look good on you. So, oh. next week, tune in. Joe's going to have a beautiful blue and white vest. And I think in the copy, if I don't know if anyone noticed last week, uh, if you listened to the podcast last week, Joe actually passed the copy through that was yeah. we are the greatest team of all and yeah. i was impressed i think you've rolled over and finally admitted uh, that no no yeah. no i was probably i was probably in a probably in a bad spot if i'm honest yeah obviously um things aren't particularly great at my club at the minute and then uh yeah knowing that um yeah i'm gonna have to wear this bloody thing i was like oh no just can't fight anymore. I just surrender to the ocean. Yeah. yeah the Geelong Ocean. It's got power. God, it's awful. It yeah, really it's does. It's beautiful. Great me. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> really does. Mm. Yeah. I'm up. Oh. You make bets, you lose bets. So everyone yeah. out there, try and organize a meeting with Joe over the next month because he's going to have to wear the best. <laughs> yeah. 
Good thing I'll be two weeks into it before oh, it starts. Yeah, which just is lovely. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> a week. Yeah, I might. Uh, yeah, I've got lots of travel coming up. At. You've got what? I, might, I say I've got lots of travel coming yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. Might not. Might not be around. Yeah. I'll be calling you to make sure that you've got that. <laughs> uh, anyway, I'll yeah. pop it on for sure. Yeah, full time. Full time. Yeah. Non-stop. You've got to wear it in the surf. We've got, uh, we had witness in the car when we made this. It was yeah. in, in the, the surf, in the surf, in the surf, in the meetings, yeah. out to dinner, yep. nearly got to wear, you sort of should wear it to bed. <laughs> you Perhaps. Can't. It's going to be hard after getting out <laughs> yeah. of the surf with yeah. it. Yeah. Need a bit of drying time. Oh, that's, that's, he's already angled yeah. it. He's like, it's still oh, Don't wet. worry. There's lots of loopholes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've been exploring them all. <laughs> <laughs> So Joe hasn't got much work done, but he's got no. a bit done on how not to wear the cat's chest. How to limit the damage. <laughs> oh, well, I reckon I'll catch a few glimpses of you in here, but I think yeah. you'll look great. So. And I still stand by it. I think this is your chance to really come around to the to the light. Yeah, no chance. Yeah, we'll no see. Chance. We'll see. The magic. Um, once yeah. you get around it, the magical. That's good. Yeah. Anyway, we're here to talk about other than that, I've obviously spoken about that and been living in that for a bit. And it's a great space to live in. But yeah, I'll try and get on your level. Uh, we'll, we'll meet in the middle here. We'll go from <laughs> hawks to cats to middle. Yep. Try and lift each other up and pull each other down. Sounds good. And we'll talk about application. We sort of left off as if we were moving towards phone boxes but mm. for the new application of internet yeah um, and what that looks like and we we're going to talk a little bit about today the trajectory of that and how it's going to look the future and and whether it'll follow the same flight path of what we've landed here today and mm. we're obviously in work from home still or work from anywhere if you want yep. um and that's where we are but is it going to the question is we were speaking off air, off air is it going to be a chance for people to call everyone back to the office. Mm. But are we... And then the follow-up question is, are we going to end up back here again as <laughs> yeah. as that dispersion of tech goes out to the masses? For sure, for sure. And I think, to me, what, what's, what's interesting is history tends to at least echo itself in that if you look back through time when we first started with kind of mainframe computing, i.e. kind of a computational um, power. I mean, this is, you know, like, I mean, now it's probably like, you know, a kid's watch has more computing power than, you know, what they use to kind of send um, Buzz Aldrin to the, to the moon. But in doing that, it was all um, centralized in terms of the, because obviously the power that was actually required to be able to kind of almost like render the, um, the computation so basically does one equal um, one plus one equal two you know to be able to actually figure that out based on code cards etc and we're not in a dissimilar space around kind of this this emerging technology which is really when you look at the factors of it what it's able should be able to do over time is be able to allow you to physically at its bare minimum interact with with data in a way that is different physically and perhaps be able to kind of see the value or be able to actually see the kind of the adjacency that's um that's there or um 
foresee a problem that's that's actually actually coming up so you see a lot of this for example in construction or in healthcare mm-hmm. or in other kind of environments where to be able to actually kind of walk through a space to be able to kind of understand it as it's planned obviously allows you to kind of actually figure out where things are actually at or be able to walk through in dimension kind of someone's illness to be able to kind of see you know in terms of kind of the, basically the rendering of the cell whatever that is to be able to actually understand what's actually happening or be able to kind of see someone's leg fracture in dimension or whatever that is or how you're actually going to replace their hip or their knee whatever the case may be is that those types of things are quite specialized mm-hmm. and they're obviously there um, typically what would happen is that you would see kind of that start up there in terms of people trying to solve those types of problems how do we actually kind of bring more dimension to these things to be able to understand the problem better and solve it before it happens in the real world and I think that's where this will start but it's starting you know as as did kind of supercomputing or kind of mainframe computing era it starts in labs it starts in kind of specialized research um, areas where we're trying to figure these things out around kind of actually how we can we can work through stuff and I think a lot of the the noise and kind of people get quite caught up in like well it's never going to work etc kind of um, because if you look at like um, you know uh, the metaverse as kind of um, enacted by Facebook that probably isn't where it's it's going to end up but if you look at kind of the first stage of video games for example you can make a pretty um clear kind of um draw a line straight from what we used to play kind of an, an atari 64-bit to kind of what we're seeing now with ps5s etc which are becoming much more immersive in kind of actually how they pull you into those environments for sure and i think to that point that it, uh, on the games and meta i think they're going to go past our wildest imagination i think gaming is sort of really pushing the limits there but it is really starting on that extremities and and pushing people forward and on that i think the space race is gonna that's gonna be like another i don't know what are we up to like the third tech revolution that the space race has really pushed forward and trickled down that technology (coughs) to everyone and that was like your reference to the computer and now a kid's got that watch that's got more computing power i think that's a an apt analogy to what's happening right now because the space race is on and where people are sort of moving that and how to communicate up there and how to sort of exactly. think about actually living up there what that what sort of infrastructure you need starts to look a lot different to have have to be super earth side and you get that p2p and yep. how that's all gonna work and who carries the load and then on top of that you've got we come back to the energy and it's, it's still going to be such a heavy energy load on this. But, yeah, um, even more so, right? I mean, I think that's what we're, what we're already yeah. starting to see is that, so the idea behind <clears throat> really being able to kind of foresee something, I think is, is, the, is the, the where we're starting to head is that being, and space is a really good um, place in terms of kind of thinking about probes or kind of, you know, even the difference between um, the kind of the Hubble telescope and the one that we have now is actually in the computational power and the ability to actually kind of build a proper um, almost kind of algorithm to actually figure out what do we actually want to see, what's the optimal kind of way to actually achieve that before you set out to build it. And I think this this thing about building things 
through technology before you actually build them physically is oh, where we're yeah. starting where we're starting yeah. starting to go and um you know these kind of these so it's that visualization it's no longer yep. in your that's Correct. where you're going and yep. just, that's the real leap it's not in like a a visionary can be a visionary, but then they can share that vision and you can critique it and exactly. do the build on it rather than be like, all right, yeah. we trust this person or group of people who see this. Correct. We can't really punch holes in it because it lives in their head. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah. we're getting the, yeah. the, the tools that allow that vision in the head before spending X amount of dollars to be able to share it and then build those builds on it. Yeah, exactly. that is a huge leap yeah, when you think it, about that. It is, it is. and it's it, But all the... The underlying technology for that is the things that we've been speaking about over the last kind of series of episodes is yeah. that the the ability to kind of actually have trust that that's going to be protected. It really comes down to kind of te- technology like blockchain, et cetera, which yeah. is that the ability to have, um, I guess, the kind of the, the value exchange closer to the point of kind of immersion in an environment like that. So if you're, you know, if you're an architect and you're building an incredible building and it's all built in dimension well then bringing providers into that to work with all of that it's obviously it can be blockchain and kind of actually that they can work through that environment too so i think we're everything's getting to a you know i think around that we can more clearly foresee what the thing may be and then we can also uh, much clearly um that's not a that's not great english but be able to protect it more like yeah. a, a closer to the point yeah. of kind of a of immersion and the other the other piece that's coming from all of us, as you said, is kind of then the the energy actually required to to run yeah, to these things. It. Is that um, electrification of the world is really interesting? Is that we're moving from this era of kind of broadly combustion into kind of um, electrification, which is a very very different actual way to kind of actually build all these things because it's almost it's always on. Yeah. You know, in terms of the kind of in the power loads, they can you know in short bursts can actually create more power so there's there's all these interesting things to start to in my mind kind of create a different trajectory from the way that technology has perhaps been viewed to date which is more consumeristic and it's more about kind of um content you know this kind of this era of content that we live in is kind of that we can basically put ourselves into kind of this endless endless kind of rabbit hole whereas i think we're entering really a creative immersive kind of phase of how technology is going to really help us build what we're going to have to build over the next 50 years yeah and participatory is is sort of the huge piece uh yeah always get excited about this but it really does feel like we are at the cusp like even here in government in australia answer some questions on on sort of our national broadcaster and the national broadcaster has a remit where they have to grill them a little bit whoever's in there and it was around how we've committed to closing down coal mines and at first it was 2050 now then it was 2040 now it's 2035 or maybe it was 45 then 35 which is huge steps and then um the question was like how can you actually do that and the answer was interesting i thought because it was like it was sort of a it was like well we don't know but we have to yeah and to say that i thought was really bold for sort of one main reason was that it's acknowledging it's a serious problem Hmm. it's acknowledging that we don't actually know but it's sort of creating that area for serious innovation and trusting the expert a lot of government now is really leaning because they're trying to handball accountability to put it on the expert which is great yeah because that's what we need we can't have politicians being no the expert in every single field 
but they have to find the right ones. But in terms of the ground for like new ways of, of operating, new ways of moving, it's, uh, it's, it's fertile and it's needed, which is exciting. And then the, the question is now, will it follow that same trajectory? Like everyone was saying the mobile phone was coming. Hmm. It was coming. It was coming. Yeah. It was coming. And everyone's like, yeah, whatever, <laughs> whatever, <laughs> whatever. And now look at yeah. us, like yeah. most of the world has hmm. a mobile phone. Yeah. What is that? what is that tech and doesn't matter but i suppose yeah that elect electrification is going to really change i think the mindset of of what it is and then maybe also population sort of steadying like it's a different yeah it is environment it's, it's, a, it's different, a different ask it's like a, it's a complete different era it well it feels it feels like that's what we're <coughs> one way or the other what we're what we're walking into and i think the you know it's really it's a fidelity question often isn't it so like the mobile phone like kind of being able to interact with a screen and kind of like tablet based kind of computing that was around for a long period of time many people kind of actually tried it but it was really processing power and the actual um, distribution of an internet right i mean when they first launched the iphone i mean a lot of people forget this but it basically broke most cellular networks because they launched it you know ahead of time and then everyone's like oh this is cool yeah you know and trying to pull stuff down and we just weren't set up for it but what that actually triggered was basically the rebuilding of a mobile network to to allow kind of for much heavier data loads and being able to kind of work whether that's 4g moving into 5g um but now where we're at i think with all of these kind of forces is that People are working on ways, like if you look at what they're actually thinking about, they're looking on ways that we can actually power the world through kind of more steady state, always on, um, more kind of environmentally neutral power sources, such as wind wind and solar. They're looking at ways that we can actually, in a, in a work sense, create value out of kind of data and how do we actually explore that, but then also how do we create physical worlds how do we actually do that in a in a digital in a digital sense and kind of you know the idea you know of a metaverse or mirror worlds on a trajectory is where we're heading in Mm. some form right in some form for sure in some form and it's like we were talking off air just personal life and professional life how you plan for everything um and mm. you and you say it's, it could be like this could be like this could be like this and then we both sort of land on the realization that it's never really like any of those scenarios mm. often sometimes it'll be exactly but it's very rare very rare um but allowing and planning for that really helps to what did you say you said vet the decision or the opportunity when it lands in front yeah, of you or the path because you have a like it's it's i mean it's the basis of scenario planning right yeah. and that's that's what government i think at the moment is everywhere doing. is doing exactly is that they're kind and of going, organizations like everyone's yeah at the fulcrum like where For do sure. we take this shit yeah and that i mean so much of that like a lot of it you know i mean there'll be much more across the kind of the nuances of this but climate change you know there's very few people sitting around going that's ah, not real um and those those that say that you know have kind of have been certainly kind of moved over because there's also there's an economic imperative to actually change our energy mix etc so that's all happening before our eyes but that could be a transition that is as wild as we could all fix this by 2030 to this is going to take us to 2050 somewhere in between those things and you know we'll be a completely electric no use of petroleum world which probably is not the case but getting to a point where it's more sustainable as an energy mix you know will happen over the next 
20 to, to 30 years. But then the other horizons is also around population change. It's also around what do we actually do with kind of um, to, to unlock new value? How do we kind of use less resources? And that's, you know, using less people resources as well to actually get to a point where we can actually kind of um, unlock these things. And a lot of that is about being able to, as we've spoken about numerous times, is being able to kind of foresee where there might be might be issues, right? And I think in a world of changing climate, that's also going to be really, really important. You know, it's like we've seen two um, across, you know, the kind of Atlantic, two massive hurricanes, one hit where I grew up. But what's most interesting about that is it's actually further north than it was last time mm. that happened kind of 20, 20 years ago. There's always been hurricanes that have hit, no, and people don't believe this, but you know, have always hit Nova Scotia. If you just look at the, the tree kind of growth in the history of the forest, there's always been these massive wind events that have happened every kind of 15 to 20, 20 years. The, the real thing that's happening is it's shifting further, further up. So, it, once you kind of perhaps in the future you'd be able to actually kind of model that path much more exactly and actually understand what structures need to be able to withstand these winds etc and this is the era that we're going to have to start to think about in house design and everything else because you can't we can just can't keep just putting the power poles back up right <laughs> it just doesn't after after a period of time it just doesn't make a lot of sense yeah it doesn't make a, it doesn't make a lot of sense so i suppose the question is really we are is we in a big iteration and is it gonna be the same are we building new power poles? That's sort of yeah. like this the other question to that. Like and I hope the scenario planning is going in. Like are we do we have the tools now because we are building sort of a new infrastructure to do that sort of mind warp and walk yeah. forty years ahead and have that yeah. vision played out and poke holes in it there's always going to be holes that's sort of the world of iteration the world of growth the world of movement hmm. it's going to move yeah but i suppose planning and building for that rather than static poles in the air and you can only have so many poles yeah cable but, but it's it's really moving maybe towards that cableless internet i think cableless yeah. maybe electricity yeah in to a degree whether sure. that can exist that's that's yeah, an interesting question interesting for sure people are looking at it yeah hmm. um but yeah, hopefully not more polls. <laughs> but if there are polls, like you've coming kind of come full circle of the conversation, like if they can actually model that and actually kind of understand wind load in a way that actually kind of like, you know, and create a, a pole that is flexible enough to actually withstand kind of, you know, a 300K wind gust mm. and actually be able to kind of flex and move. I mean, there's composite materials that can do that, right? So it's, these are the things I think, you know, whether we stay the way that we are rather than burying it because burying it's not a great idea either. It's too expensive, et cetera. It's, it's the, those types of, yeah. of things that I think we're getting to a point now where you can actually start to kind of work through those problems it's, much more real. It's a tricky one because we've like we've spoken about this before and you've yeah. you've pegged Australia as being mm. clever in its slowness to adopt new technology yeah. and that's because you're yeah. saying that it, it's it's clever because it's seeing what works what doesn't work mm. and then cherry picks what works and then yeah. backs that. And it's we're at this point because I could just feel myself going, "Oh, but yeah. what happens if like you do get to that wireless electricity and you've got these freaking flex poles all around <laughs> then you but that's to, just what you have I that's just that. what you have and you have yeah. to make that call like that's where yeah. we are you can't be on the fence you no, have but to like, just like, back that's a decision like telephone booth like exactly stuff, right? like why do we still have telephone booths but they look great yeah well they do yeah. but they're also they've actually 
been repurposed in some way. So like in a city center, there's not a lot of, you know, there's not a lot of um, benefit to having a telephone booth. But if you go out kind of, you know, 200, 300 Ks where there's no reception and it's now free to call, that's a huge benefit, yeah. you know, to someone who's actually actually there needs and, and needs to be able to able to call. So it's, you know, we often find kind of ways to reuse yeah. the infrastructure that we have. All I'm suggesting is I think we'll be able to kind of model more of these forces yeah. and understand what what is really actually in play, which we already know, which is that it's the climate's changed. So yeah, And changing. That's the thing that I think gets everyone's like, where is it changing to? to. And we've yeah. had that discussion like no one can no really one model that. But we can only plan for the worst and hope for the best. Correct. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the decision that is the that's where we're at. Decisions have to be made that are going to last for years and years and have yeah. a big legacy. And that's yeah. like you can't let the weight stop you from making those calls. No. But those. Calls but if you have look at all made. the our ability to to figure out <coughs> the best way through it, like that's really what I'm what I'm saying is that I think that's the big shift that's actually coming through at the moment is that the the technology curve is about actually it's about modeling scenarios yeah it's about understanding um physical decisions before you make them right? yeah and I that's that. that's the kind of and then being able the to, unlock you think yeah, yeah so we can state a problem at the moment but then we're moving into this way that we'll be able to actually put ourselves in that scenario and actually look at it yeah and actually be able to kind of um, and for whatever reason like you know a human well, being we can some people like you know architects are really interesting because they can envision something before it's built yeah in a physical form yeah they're unique and, it's not just that they see the building as it's rendered. It's actually that they understand the volume of the space and what it's going to feel like yeah. to stand to stand there. Whereas now where we're actually getting to is that anyone would be able to do that and be able to kind of stand in and actually be like, look at it, you know, and understand kind of where that works. And there's so many different applications of that for something as benign as kind of going, oh, I might look better in a green shirt versus yeah. a blue shirt to something that is actually as breakthrough as being able to kind of give kids the same education globally in specific things so like everyone can kind of actually do like you know rocket ship kind of physics with the best people in the world because we're able to put them all in one environment to be able to experience exactly the same thing yeah exactly and really allow people's unique perspective to play with that one thing that's when you get sort of yeah. differentiation around the same thing and that's how the world moves best um the funny where was i going there was a it was around that you can see. So at the moment, there's really good modeling and that's when AI and everything comes in. So really, you're talking about AI technology when exactly. it's modeling. That's yeah. really the big unlock and that's happening now in disasters and yep. and really pushing us because that's where we have to move, I suppose, when you're talking about modeling is away from being a responsive tax-paying exactly nation to disasters to being a proactive nation who's yep. actually puts because there's a ton of cash but it's hard to balance because those disasters are still going to happen yep. but there's a ton of cash often in the coffers of of countries to be able to support people when disasters go wrong and yep. that's great but then yep. it's like how do we be proactive and that's a big switch and i think maybe leading us into the next set of questions i know we spoke on leadership but what does this era need for leaders because that's the big one. You have to be vulnerable, but you have to be bold. It's a yeah. real, it's a unique space, I think, for that leadership because you have to swing a whole operation there because government works so well off 
being a hero coming in with a big check and, and giving it to mm. sad people. Yep. Whereas at the moment it has to be the other way around and being like, you live in an area that's mm. going to struggle for this. We need to input yep. X, Y, Z and protect you from there. But they'll never look like a hero like traditional government has looked. No. They'll look like a villain because yep. they've put a lot of cash into something and exactly. not everyone got that cash. And Western mm. Australia, in Australia's case, got, that's my money. <laughs> True. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, we're not we're not alone in that dynamic in terms of kind of as, as a as a country. I think the the interesting part about what you're what you're talking about there is that it's the, it's the dynamic is changing much more from kind of what I would say is like a, a kind of like in a push and pull kind of environment. Often we're using technology at the moment to basically go, I want to try to find X, whereas where we're starting to to head is actually that it's it's really about foreseeing what's what's in front of you so kind of rather than needing to find we're moving into an area of kind of um, more foresight i guess in terms of the way that it actually looks and you see that when you when you kind of try to keep that in your mind and i think you're right we will look at that in terms of through the lens of leadership but being able to actually whether that's a heads-up display in a car you know in terms of whether that's kind of in a video game being able to understand kind of that maybe there's a different path through something you know we're heading to with this era where we'll be able to actually kind of see what's about to kind of transpire right and being able to kind of be more accurate about that so government is much more in the kind of in the finding and then funding yeah kind of these large kind of academic studies if you know like you know like the flood events here are a great example so we're going to have way more flooding yet again this this year but the the sad part of that is that nothing will change in the time horizon that we actually actually have no. but being able to understand kind of truly what that volume of water is going to look like time and time again and what actually happens when you add to it where does it actually go investing in the computational power but that technology is there i, I mean we're i know it's, it's there it's, it's happening ha but yeah. what is happening is that it's hard to get government across the line correct yeah yeah so it's it's there it's being yeah. used but that's that's. But no one wants to. Like, this is part of our challenge yeah, at the moment, which is why it's great to talk about leadership. Is that the technology, just like it was coming back all the way to the mobile yeah. phone era, is that it probably was, it was there, there for a long period of time, and it, this is here as well. At least at some level, being able to visualize, like even just simply water flow in yeah. in a river, we can do that, and we can actually show what is about to happen. But we don't want to see it. We actually well, don't want to see what we that don't want to mean. But I think we're starting to do it. We like yeah. even that conversation I heard yesterday. It's tipped. It's yeah. like it's changed. It's here. Yeah. The conversations move from what is climate change to we yeah. in it. Yep, yeah, we and, are. And which is a big change. And then it's like what is. What is leadership in a space that is quite unknown? Um, but yeah, another interesting one that I like is like the critical mind is going, <clears throat> we can model so well, but when we rely on sort of this modeling tech, there's going to be the, the next iteration around that it feels like is going to be very much the intuitive sort of bit. Where does that mm. play in? Because I think intuition is is probably something that we'll learn to value in the future when we rely so heavily on on other things to show us the way through. And I think that'll be another swing that we'll have to come maybe in the future. But for now, we probably have to rely a bit on um, on some of these technologies, especially when it comes to flooding. You can't rely on your intuition there. <laughs> no. But there's these arguments that uh, cultures have really known, known that for a long time. That is an intuition. That's just knowledge. Yeah, and exactly. That's the other thing that when we were working with a flood organization, like flood forecasting modeling organization, they were like, well, yes, there is a lot of knowledge in existing 
cultures who have lived or families who have lived in the area for a long time, but we live in an era where not many people have like they've grown up there or their family's grown up there people are coming in so they don't know how to read the signs exactly and plus the signs you know like there's there's certainly there's a lot of knowledge around how these river systems do work how that how you can foresee kind of flood going but then we've changed every single river system exactly plus then we live on top of them yeah where it's not like you can just pack up and you know pack up your kind of you know, this might be the case in the future but um that you can pack up your three-bedroom home and you know on kind of top of the uh, whatever kind of car you're driving the hand i guess and and get out of there like it just doesn't it that's 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 where we're at for sure and, and so when you when you look at it that way then the model has to become about understanding the impact yeah. that actually us being there and the changes that we've made upstream actually actually have downstream yeah and these are all the things that you know we can clearly see um if we want to yeah which it sounds like we are starting to and so it's how do you um act that out but yeah Uh, there's sort of two things to take there is that leadership and then where does where's intuition's space when we automate it like where does it go and how does it drive because i feel like There, when we talk about leadership, I think there is an intuitive element there mm. that has to still play out, but it has to be backed by data. Like it's an interesting between the two, between the two, and mm. it's um, bold calls. Whoever goes with intuition over data, but there's going to be sometimes. Yeah, but people a, a play make those there. calls, and it it works, it works. exactly. So yeah. it's 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 hard because you can't argue yeah. against a machine, but sometimes you should. It's weird, right? yeah. But it comes back to that that sense of kind of multiple <coughs> scenarios and being able to kind of foresee them. But I mean, we'll get into that next it week. It does, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and reference Gattaca hard, but yes, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's one possible way we're heading. Yeah, but um, all right. So next week, how do you how do you lead through this? How do you lead through this? What is like leadership yeah. when you don't have the answers? Mm. Is probably the the I don't know tagline to explore through that. You yeah. don't have the answers, but you leadership's on your shoulders. Yep, no, yeah. that's cool. All right, next week. All right, till I'll then. be wearing yeah, yeah, the cat's hideous. jersey. Yeah, can't wait. And the gutters. Till next week, Pat. Till then, <laughs> it's blue and white, baby. Thank you for listening to BAU Business as Unusual. Subscribe and learn more at baupod.co. That's B-A-U-P-O-D dot co.